When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour, Mike. What's up? Uh, let's see. It is what day is it, dude? Wednesday evening. Yeesh. So, let's see. Work is uh, work is interesting with the ever changing regulations and changes. So I'm working closely with the county, and they're all just shaking their head because they're getting the same info we are. Um. Is this ever going to end? I don't know. So they're so when when Andy comes out with his daily brief, that's when our county gets the update. Is that what he tells his aides that I got to show you my daily briefs? Yeah, or he has to show his aides more aides. But <laughs> he's essentially trying to figure out like the the county I'm, I'm speaking about is trying to f- keep up, just like we're all trying to keep up. So that that's uh, that's my week this week. Let's see. I uh, I made progress on the office reno, and I went to the gym for the first time, so we yeah. can talk about that. Woke up at... He's bright and early, huh? Yeah. So here's the thing. Back in the day, the gym used to be 24 hours. They don't do that anymore. News to me. So I woke <laughs> up at my old normal time to go to the gym before work and woke up at 4.05, Showered, changed. Why 405? That would give me so much anxiety. Why not just four? I've been up since four. Damn it, Creed. I've been up since four. Well, the reason being is I went to bed at a certain time and I wanted to make sure I had eight hours, which pushed it to 4.05 a.m. So you went to bed at 8.05? Yeah. Why 8.05? Why not just eight? Well, I wanted to go to bed at eight, but Colin kept me up. It happens. So we have a lot to dive into today, everybody. Thank you very much for joining. We're the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. We where we give our podcast to small businesses for free platforms to promote. Don't get all serious. I was in the middle of a story. Well, we got to tell everybody what's going on so they stick around through this story because we're going to fulfill this entire hour, whether they like it or not. Yeah, Cuomo style. Yeah, Cuomo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We have a weekly recap, and today we are drinking First Line Brewings. Uh, off the juice, New England IPA. If uh, this, if you're watching it on Monday and you didn't check out, 
last uh, Friday's interview, it was with First Line Brewing. So go check it out. We talk about all their beers in just a good old time because they're bros. Uh, but, yeah, we have that today. And then we're going to be talking about who? Roswell Park. No, this jabroni. Sure. That couldn't help any. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he could yeah. help out President McKinley in time of need. No, it's fine. But yeah, so that's today's episode lineup. So uh, we're drinking half of a beer because Mike's all health on me now. I got a hundred days is, to crush it till next year's hockey tryout. It's the worst, dude. Let me I see hate the can. Get on this. Give me the can. Because then you make me feel bad. Because I just had a pizza before I came out here. Good, feel bad. All right. So, anyways, before I got really interrupted by actual podcast things, <laughs> let me educate you on some on something. So I get up at four o five, get to the gym by four thirty. I'm all fired up. I'm like first day back, I'm ready. Pull in the parking lot, no one's there. And when I mean no one, I mean literally no one. Not a single vehicle, nothing. Because it's closed. Oh, where, Derek? <laughs> so the left side of the gym was black. And I'm like, the left side of the building is the gym. Why is the gym black? So then I immediately pull up Google Maps, type in Crunch, pulls it up, and they're like 5 a.m. I'm like, I have a half an hour, and I'm not going home. And I can't just like pull a senior citizen and stare through the window and knock and hope they let me in. So I did our post four and a half hours early. See, that's the difference between you and I. Because if I was there at 4 a.m., first of all, I would not be up at 4 a.m. unless I was literally possessed by the devil. But second of all, if I get there and it said it's not going to open for another half hour, I am going home and never going back for the rest of the year. No. That's how that works. I was so mad. And I had the thought of going home. Who are you mad at, though? I mean, kind of the world. (laughs) You know, basically everyone. I'm not going to be mad at me. I was motivated. I was ready to do my thing. But you didn't. You're not mad at yourself for not looking at Google beforehand. I was disappointed, but I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not. I'm not going to be all poopy. So when the gym opened at five, I went in, exercised, did a nice light back workout to get back in the swing of things. Was this your first day going? In a year. Yeah. To the gym. So, yeah, literally, I went the day before the gyms, like, closed for the pandemic. And it was great. Everyone's wiping stuff down. No one wore a mask. It was amazing. And then now everyone's wearing a mask. Certain equipment's blocked off. And then everyone's still wiping stuff down. And I get it. But, like... Do you, though? We know the numbers. And it's not spreading at a gym. So... If it's not spreading at Wegmans, it's definitely not going to spread at a gym. Right. So open the gym. Take the mask off. Like, at what point do we have to reach? So that's why I'm like... 15 days, man. 15 days to slow the spread. Then we'll be able to take the mask off. Well, cheers to one year of slowing the spread. (laughs) So um, it's it's March now, so it's literally been a year since I've been in a gym. Are you having PTSD of, like, it's March again? Shit's going to hit the fan? What would happen... Let's jinx it. What would happen this year that would like be like, oh, remember last year how great that was? Nothing. You don't think there's anything worse that could happen? Than the government showing up and being like the ultimate big brother? No. Gotcha. Recycling. Nailed it. Yeah. So for those, if it doesn't pick it up, there was a super loud noise and it sounded like we were being invaded. And it's not. It's... One of the Buffalo Happy Hour housewives moving recycling. Which, thank you for that. I mean... Outstanding. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so what... Nothing. Nothing? No. I mean, what... 
What would you make you say that? I don't know. See? Yeah. Because it's been atrocious. But, Everything sucked. Yeah, but like two years ago, would you have said, oh, a global pandemic would really rock this world? Like, I don't think we know the next thing that would come. There was a while that we thought Killer Bees was going to be the next thing. What was that about? Nothing. How come we don't hear that anymore? Because the government doesn't want us to hear about it anymore. Do you think, do you honestly think like finding out about aliens would rock this country? No. No. I think most of the population believes they exist anyways. So it just basically confirmed their suspicion. I don't know what's going on, but outside there's like massive 9 11 response happening. <laughs> it literally Jesus. just sounded like we were being invaded. I hope the mic picks all this up because we're just staring at each other like the hell's happening yeah, now. Like, what's going on? Well, anyways, yeah. Um, so you haven't been in a year. Yeah, went, it felt great. And then on the way home, my back started to lock up. I'm like, things are fine. Um, really? And then. It was it was a shock. When you say when you say locked up, is it just like a shooting pain that you can't feel like you can move for like two seconds? I'm kind of, but it's like the nerves. Like it's just a bunch of um, synapses, if you will, where my back is just kind of responding to what just happened, and it's like you haven't gotcha. you haven't done that. So with I feel weight. like that, that's a normal Tuesday for me. That I just get like shooting pains, and I'm like, all right, everything's fine. Yeah, like down the sciatic. Yeah. You know, like what's happening. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, this was. This was kind of different. So I basically just kept slamming water and I'm like, I should be all right. And I was. But I honestly feel a lot better. I, I'm surprised how awake I am, um, especially after a year. So, but I got eight hours of sleep. I timed it correctly. Do you prefer going before the gym or is yeah. it just because of today? We before work? Yeah, yeah. No, I. So I thought about this a lot. And afternoon workouts, there's three things that I always essentially consider what's happening after work, whether it's podcast or house renos, or is there some commitment with family, friends, whatever. Um, the second thing is what classes are being held at the gym where it literally ruins the gym. Mm -hmm. Like group, we talked about it. Group yeah. classes make me want to just like crawl into a hole and light everything on fire. Um, and then the third thing is, kind of like my overall mood and that all comes into play where i literally just feel better waking up going to the gym yeah. and then i have i have an hour and a half to myself to just kind of get straight so i go in the mornings do you we might have talked about this before too but do you do like how do you plan your gym day is it back one day buys like or is it push one day pull one day what do you do it's muscle groups each day and then um there's a couple things that I do that are very specific to me that's all correlated, but I don't do back and buys or, or back and tries chest and buys or like I no, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just focus one whole day on back and then oh, I'll okay, always yeah. throw in I'll always throw in um cardio and core. So I'll warm up on the elliptical, I'll do like a mile and then work out, hit my back, and then I'm doing things that focus on my lower back and then things that focus on my upper back and then always focus on lats as well. So I'm literally just trying to round everything out, make mm -hmm. sure everything gets hit. And then at the end I'll do core again, a lot of it's lower back strengthening and then just overall abdominal strength. Um, and then I'll finish with another mile on the elliptical just to burn even more calories because especially now I really want to focus on staying in a calorie deficient zone so i'm losing weight because i have to mm -hmm. so any any motion helps but blasting if i do a mile on the elliptical 
I'm essentially going to be burning 100 to 120 calories. And that is what I look at more than the overall distance that I went. So that's key. But good for you, man. Just something. How long do you think you're going to keep this up? Like the morning thing? Every day. Yeah. It's yeah. What time do you go on weekends? So Saturday I'll go when I wake up in the morning and I think that now I think they open at like 10 or something stupid and then (laughs) Sunday's off. But again, it's all based on pod. So if, if we have something going on on the weekend, then I'll just do PT in the morning before whatever starts, you know? Hell yeah. But we got our getaway coming up. Yeah, it's going to throw a wrench into things. So are you going to try to like eat healthier? Like what are you? Yeah, no, I have to. You're not really like an unhealthy eater. Well, that's the thing. I mean. My diet's not bad to begin with. It's just like cutting out beer. That helps. You know, so instead of drinking a full beer, I'll just do eight to 10 ounce and then instead of 16. Or, you know, and then I'll just not have ice cream. When we, which is super depressing. Stop it. But I haven't when, had ice cream in a long time. When we went to First Line, that yeah. was your like initial start or something of it because you were like, I'm not drinking beer today, man. I got to be healthy. And then well, Shane's the, like, here, have all this beer. And you're like, all right. Well, that and crooked. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, Dude, we're in a podcast that's around alcohol and food. Yeah, but whiskey's different, bro. Like, I can, I don't feel bad after bourbon. I don't, someone died outside, and there's such a response <laughs> yeah, going on. The soffits are finally fine today. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Grandma Nilly just got ran over or something on the corner. Well, anyways, I mean, if something serious happened, God bless. We hope everything's yeah. fine. You know, rip. But, yeah, the... um. Like, I don't feel bad after a night of bourbon. I feel awful after a night of beer. Mm-hmm. That's just me personally. So I just try to stay away from all So are you going to try to cut back on your bourbon too or no? Or are you, <laughs> you considering that a loss? It's a loss, bro. Okay. Like, I I mean, scotch and bourbon. Because how like, much I were don't... you, honestly, how much were you drinking before? Can we get into this right now or no? Yeah, okay. not a lot. I really? mean, it's not like I abuse alcohol by any means. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, I know. But no, like, I... I don't know, maybe like um, like a half pour every couple days. But our half pour is no, no, no. To I'm, I'm like pour. an actual half pour. Um, it's not even like it, in the Glencairn. No, no, no. So you know, like when the so you got the Glencairn base, mm-hmm. like that thick piece of glass, and then you got the bowl that comes up. Yep. So half of that. I wouldn't even get to where like our our heavy pours where yeah. like you fill that bottom portion and then <laughs> and then it starts to round in. Yeah, we would go to that. No, not anymore. So I do like half of the bottom base, um, just just a taste, just to mm-hmm. kind of chill out, relax, have it with dinner or whatever. But then, yeah, I mean it's not. So was that like two, three times a week, four times a week, five, six, every day, two, eight no, days, two or three times a week? Okay. Yeah. So you're not going to cut that back though. No. Okay. Dude, bourbon's so good. Plus, well, there's I so many things. That. There's so many products, man. Like, yeah. obviously, we got a ton on the shelf, but and again, bourbon doesn't offset any work I do. Like, I just I how don't many know. calories are in bourbon? That's that's what I actually want to dive into because I don't think it's that bad. Like, I I know alcohol in general is bad for you, but you know what? But I mean, it's really get one too, shot at this, so it's technically carbs. Yeah, let me check. But <sighs> like, it's not anywhere obviously close to beer. Jesus, if there was as many calories in whiskey as there are in beer, I would have been dead by now. I know. So there's 97 calories in Uh, one and a half ounces. Oh, one and a half. Okay. Honestly, what you're consuming is probably an ounce. Yeah. Which that's still less than any light beer. 
Right. What are Trulies? Like 70? I don't know. I don't drink that stuff. Well, McUltra is what, 90? I don't know. 90 to 100 calories? What's this? This is real man's beer. This has to be like 170. I don't even think it's listed. No, it's not. I want to know at what point manufacturers have to list their uh, caloric ingredients. Because... 100 calories for Truly. We've interviewed some places that probably should list it for health reasons, and they don't. So I don't know, like, at what point does the FDA crack down or someone crack down and say, listen, you have to start... Your Big Mac is 4,000 calories. You need to educate the public on it. Well, I think a lot of that's on their menu and website, and I think most of that massive push came from Michelle Obama with her massive nutrition update essentially that hit public schools and stuff where they're like we have to feed our kids better which duh like i I mean that's essentially why the pandemic hit us the hardest because we're just a disaster when it comes to diet (laughs) like oh you mean to tell me if you're massively obese or you have underlying health conditions from an awful diet and lifestyle you're more susceptible to something like a disease or a virus Mm -hmm. who would have thunk like it's but let's close the gyms down because that makes sense well, yeah, and, like, they're not educating on vitamins and nothing. Like, there's no discussion on how to actually be healthy. It's just we're just going to force you to be in your house, which also is not healthy. Do you remember nutrition in high school? Yeah. Did you take that? I also took nutrition in college. Did you really? Yeah. W- did you – dude, something's happening. I know. Well, now the fire trucks are out. It's probably a structure fire. We should check, like – this has to be on the microphone. It has to be. It's yeah. too loud for it not to be on the microphone. Well, we can hear it through our headphones, so it's definitely on the microphone. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who knows, man? Someone might be dead. God bless. But uh, so do you remember nutrition in high school? Do you what yes. was what was your uh like nutrition class like? Did they talk about vitamins and shit or supplementing anything? Kind of. Not in high school, but in college they did. But a lot of it was just based on the actual breakdown of like what provides energy. Um like what a calorie actually is, what the different kinds of fats are, and then your general diet and what that should look like, like fruits, vegetables, meats, how all that impacts the body. But it wasn't necessarily that specific stuff that you were talking about. Do you remember like – At least the intro classes yeah. weren't. Do you – so first of all, right now with your thing that you got going on, this 4 a.m. Jim Rock, Mark Wahlberg shit you got going on right yeah. now, are you counting calories now or no? You're just trying to eat healthier, or are you counting? I don't know. I'm not count- I'm not doing any macros. I'm not counting. I just know that with increased – I know my body. So if I increase my my activity with the current diet that I have, I will be one – it'll be a total 180 from where I'm at now. So in, in 60 days when we release a, an episode, mm-hmm. I'm literally just going to go back and be like, okay, when this episode released, I started – and then I'm just going to look at my face and just be like, it was ridiculous how fat I was. Mm-hmm. I'm already calling it. Like, it's that's what's going to happen. I'm just be like, I can't believe you let that happen to me. Why didn't you just, like, <laughs> beat me or something? Dude, you let that happen to me earlier last year when I was 260. But we just don't see it now. Yeah, well, because we see each other literally every day. I know. It's impossible to pick up these small differences it's, when you see each other every day. It's so frustrating, though. But it's fine. Anyway. Everything's fine. To a cheerier subject, how about Cuomo, man? He's, he's. It's not cheery per he, se. He, well, I mean, it, it could be pending the outcome, but he just came out and he said he's not resigning. Correct. He apologized. That's all. That's all the left has to do is but, just apologize for saying, "Oh, I'm sorry. I never touched anybody." Oh, you didn't. So you didn't grab the girl's face and try to kiss her. Yeah, there's pictures everywhere. Like that didn't happen. But 
What are you, there's Bill Clinton? How do you have sexual relations with that woman? Yeah, there's a lot of people out there, though, on both sides of the aisle condemning all of this stuff. How is he not resigning? I don't know. It's ridiculous. Like, he should have resigned when the, the nursing home scandal actually broke because we all knew that from the very beginning. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people were just, like, hiding it. Has it been 15 already? 20, actually. Um. Oh, my God. Have you had this yet? No. It's fantastic. It's super it's good. It's so malty at the back end. It's really good. Um, but anyway, so people on the left are saying that this would be a good time for him to go and resign. That way they don't investigate his nursing home stuff even more. And like this would be his way out. I don't know, man. I just want this all to be over with. So Andrew Schultz, the comedian, he brought it up. And well, barely until they, they went off the rails and got distracted. But they were his biggest question was, why now? Like, why? And that was also a lot of our questions, too, because mm-hmm. we're like, why did all of a sudden this just show up out of the woodwork? Yeah. And it, of course, if you know, if you start to question things and start to ask logical questions, you're all of a sudden an extremist and wear a tin hat. It's like you're just thinking logically and trying to piece things together because yeah. nothing makes sense especially when it comes from the government, but it like, why? Because there was a huge push for him to not only be a part of Biden's cabinet, but like to run for presidency. Yeah. So is this a giant push now where both sides of the aisle are condemning him so that he doesn't get into federal politics so they can keep him in the state. And now he's saying I'm not resigning. So does that mean that like he's, essentially going to use this as an excuse to lose his executive powers and that amount of power that he had where they're like, okay, well, this was awful and you should resign, but what we're going to do is just limit your power, but not actually remove you from office. Like, is that what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Or is this just an escape or an out for him to basically get out of the the federal political spotlight so that he's not getting pressure from like the masses that want him to run for president because they think he's doing a great job or whatever else. I think that's a risky thing to bring on yourself just to get out of federal spotlight. It's also not the first time that's happened. Really? Yeah. But I, I don't know, man, like it doesn't, the thing that really bothers me is when you showcase freedom, like what Texas and Mississippi is doing where they're like, there's no more masks and people are flipping out, like, you can still wear a mask. Right. Like, nothing is stopping you from doing that. And people think that it's just one or nothing. Yeah. It's like, you're so ignorant. Like, just relax. Yeah. Again, it is a free country. And that's not saying that it's always the best option or the most beautiful thing in the world or perfect or whatever. And it's always going to cause controversy. The issue is people forget that they have the freedom to do both. Yeah. So it's not there's no more masks. It's there's no more mask mandate. So correct. nobody's forcing you to wear something. Yeah. My my whole take on the Cuomo situation is that I think the media now is in a frantic, like, running around to find something to report on. It was the their easiest job the last four years reporting on Trump because he was a dumpster fire. 
Like everything that he did from a from a policy standpoint, he did some good things. But his personality was atrocious, and it gave him the media talking material for the entire four years. And now they don't have anything else to report on because Biden is the most milquetoast president in the entire world, and he doesn't do anything outside of terrible policy. But they're not going to talk about that. Yeah, they'll they're, never they'll never discuss how bad his policies yeah, are. But his personality is not a polarizing personality at all. Right. So they're talking about things that are going to get clicks, which happens to be the nursing home story. And I think from there, now people are understanding that, especially in New York, you didn't hear anything about his, like, if you weren't on the right side of the aisle, you didn't hear anything about his nursing home thing. Like, it just wasn't reported. Well, most New Yorkers knew about it. It just got buried. Same thing with this allegation. It was, it came out four months ago, but they buried it. And now all of a sudden it's coming back. Yeah. I think that it has to do with them just trying to find stuff to to do to report on but i don't know like bringing more things the nursing home scandal started months ago months ago it actually started when he took the the policy that he instituted off of his website Mm -hmm. so when it came off of newyork.gov and they hit it then the media jumped on it like why was this taken off and then no direct answer was given and they just buried it for months and then all of a sudden the right made enough noise for more people to notice and then people started complaining about it, and then people wanted a change in the guidelines and mandates and because they wanted to see their family, and they're like, no, 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 there's no visitation. Mm-hmm. Like it, And then everybody realized there's no logic. It's just power moves, and then people got pissed off because there is no logic. Yeah. Like, And you can use 75 examples to show that there is no logic, but, you know, it yeah. just... People just go in circles, and again, like you said, they just want to talk to talk. Yeah, so hypothesizing a little bit, who? what's the next state to remove the mask mandate and to basically bring freedom back? Is it Florida? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they barely enforce it in the first place. True. So, yeah, there's there's Texas, Mississippi. Do they even have one in the first place? Kind of. Like, do they have something to remove? They don't have a statewide mask mandate. I believe they do. Really? Yeah. It's just not enforced? Right. Yeah. Um, and that, well, in certain places, I believe there, there's a mandate in certain places, I believe. Dude, this is fantastic. I know it's super smooth, but yeah, but, so it's so just, Florida's next. I, yeah, I, yeah. And then probably the states with like no population, you know, like the Midwest states. Yeah. Montana, North like, Dakota, South Dakota, like those places. Yeah. yeah. And then what the hell's going on in Kansas? Does anyone know like ever what's going on in Kansas or Arkansas? Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll we'll see. But I everything what? is going to end. Weddings just changed too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, entertainment and those kind of venues, which Pe- i.e. weddings. People think this is going on for a while. It's not. This is the start of a huge domino effect of all the states being like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to enforce something that we can't even legally enforce. That, and I'm not going to go broke over something that is impacting such a small percentage of the overall population. Mm -hmm. And it sounds, okay, I get it. Like, there's a lot of people that died, okay? 516,000 people. But you're also forgetting that there's 360 million people in the country, and we're flipping out and destroying our own economy for 516,000, which, yes, 516,000 is a lot of people. But, you know, I've always said this, and this is the one thing I always got you to laugh at, is I agree with, like, the Bill Burrs and the Chris Porters and all those comedians where they're like, we need to thin the herd. 
it's okay to lose a lot of people. You know, we're the only, I'm going to go off on a rant. Here we go. I'm grinding my gears. We're the only species on earth. We are an animal. Don't forget. We're the only species that just keeps our own species living. There's no reason. There comes a point where it is okay to die. So if you're 95 and you have A through Z of issues, and then all of a sudden COVID is the Roman numeral that's after Z that kills you. It's okay. You still live 95 years, right. dude, and you were going to die within six months anyway, so I don't feel bad. Like those fluke accidents where, like, the healthy 23-year-old in the West, he died. Yeah. Okay, that sucks. Yes, we get it. But that's also like but one not, in a million. Right. If you look at a duck, a duck gets caught by a husky because the duck went into the backyard of that said husky, and the husky rang its neck, and it's with a flock of other ducks. They leave it. And then they just move on, like fend for yourself, man. Like that sucks. That's Darwinism, and and that's it. Like we're the only species that just continues to just prolong life for no reason except for money. Mm-hmm. Like if, dude, look at Greece, bro. Greece, all right, microphone getting all loose on me. Got to so, tighten the back part here. So Greece came out and said, we are going to allow Israel, America, and the UK into Greece for tourism starting in June. Okay, so you mean to tell me the U.S., who has, I believe, the most confirmed COVID cases of any country outside of China, which will never know their numbers because it's literally a dictatorship, and the U.K., who introduced another strand of coronavirus into Greece for travel because you know you're broke, Mm -hmm. and your nation's economy is in shambles, and it's essentially been in shambles since the bailout, which was 08, I believe, fact check me, and now they're saying we need those three countries here, Israel... We like Israel because they have 100% vaccination distribution across their entire country, so we can bring those people in, but we need the money. Mm -hmm. So now they're literally saying money is the bottom line for essentially all issues, all problems, and all great things as well. So if these people don't show up, we're broke, and we can't go broke as a country. So at what point do we as the U.S. be like, we have to move on, and then everybody on the right, was literally saying it's all going to change once the election happens. I mean, I'm not saying that they're right or wrong, but it's still looking like they were right because ever since the election happened, a lot of things have miraculously changed. So it just the whole thing blows my mind. And obviously we're stuck in the middle, not only politically, but like as where we are in the caste system. Mm -hmm. So we just got to roll with it. But it's so frustrating to watch both sides just bicker for literally no change. Do you think Trump's going to run again in 2024? He was at CPAC and he kind of hinted to it. Of course he did because he wanted to hear the cheers one last time. I don't know. I kind of hope he doesn't. Like, I believe there's other people on the right that have a better chance of getting reelected. I just don't think the nation wants – same thing with the Bushes when Jeb Bush ran. I don't think the country wants another Bush. I don't think the country wants another Trump literally ever. So – I don't like in, in all honesty, I hope that there's someone like like a Dan Crenshaw that runs in 2024 or I, I mean, I'm sure Marco Rubio is going to run again. But who yeah. knows? I just I'm so fed up with politics, dude. Like I've never liked big government and I don't want them in my life ever. That's why I want to live in the woods, drink good local bourbon, smoke cigars and cut down trees and work out in my own compound and then grow some herbs and chill yeah, with so, my wife. So how's that process going? You finish remodeling your house? No. Are you serious? <laughs> No, dude, I'm trying to fund this international honeymoon, which is an absolute disaster. And then I'm trying to fund this wedding, which it's the third attempt at a wedding to a woman I've already gotten married to. So that's a disaster. And then I'm trying to fund this renovation of my house, which 
I necessarily can't do because I'm trying to fund everything else. But it's fine. Are you, you still know? going to Greece? We're, I mean, yeah. Like, right now, yes. Really? I, yeah. Because it opens in June. There's... I can fly domestically, so I don't have to deal with Canada oh, and their good. socialist government yeah. rule of $2,000 a person for a three-night mandatory hotel stay to then test twice to then leave. It, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I can avoid the $8,000 hit and six extra vacation days there, which I don't have six extra vacation days. You know this. So I can fly domestically out of the U.S., go to Greece, stay there. There's going to be, like, no one there, mm-hmm. and then come home and be done. All I have to do is, like, test negative. Which oh, is fine. Remember, okay, talking about random conspiracy theories that we've heard throughout the pandemic. Did you hear about the um, the vaccination passport that has to be approved? So if you get vaccinated, you get a passport and you can show your mm-hmm. papers. And the right was like, oh, yeah, go show your papers. Yeah. That's actually happening. Really? So don't worry. You know, again, all these crazy conspiracies that became real. Now what? Like, what's the answer to that? I'm all fired up. Dude, this is driving me bonkers. <laughs> And it's not even political in it, like meaning I'm not saying the left is trash and the right is, is great or vice versa. I'm just saying the whole situation is super annoying when you're trying to plan life things. And then the government of each nation is essentially dictating how you live your life. I just love how did you see the, the most recent proposal for the uh, stimulus checks? So stupid. So if you make up to 75,000, you get the full 1400, but then 80,000 is cut off. Yeah. Yeah. An extra $5,000? Right. Gap? Like, how many people are within that $5,000 gap? Just make the full thing seventy five and s- screw it from there. Or make the whole thing eighty. Makes zero sense. It used to be 100 and they cut it down from 180 But they should have just made it to 75 The more we print money, the more problems we'll have. So in, okay, listeners, check this out. Here's a fun fact. In 244 years, the U.S. has printed $6 trillion dollars. In total, since the pandemic, we've printed four and a half trillion in COVID relief. So math, that's over double what we've ever printed since becoming a country over 240 years ago. So if you're going to tell me that inflation won't happen, no. So if you tell me inflation won't happen, you're out of your mind that like, it has to go up, just like how things used to cost. It used to cost ten cents to get a gallon of gas. Now it doesn't. It's it's literally over two dollars, regardless of who's in office. It's it's still over two dollars yeah. a gallon, just because of inflation and the cost of things. Like that's how this works. So the more money we print, it's economics. The more everything will cost. So negate all the political arguments about fifteen dollar minimum wage, all that garbage. It's just simple economics. Things will increase in price. For what? Nothing. Exactly. So that's my point. And then the more money we print, the less value our currency has internationally. So right now, right now, current day, it's uh, t- the euro is a dollar twenty-one. So it's twenty-one cents stronger than the U.S. dollar. So if you try to gr- travel to Greece right now, you have to budget for an additional twelve percent to make up that difference. Because it's just that much more expensive. But nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks about our currency overseas. You know, they're just, oh, death, people die. It's like, dude, there's so much more to the world. But anyways, we should, right. we should rate this thing and not go off the rails. I know, man. I kind of like getting you all fired up. I'm all fired up, dude. It doesn't help that I literally <laughs> just had all these meetings about the government at work and then all my honeymoon fiascos trying to plan that after work. 
all week. So it's fine. Things are fine. We're still trying to plan the wedding and save for it. No issues. So how's it going? I'm you eating eggs right? for dinner. How are you doing? You're eating eggs? Yeah, that's all I can afford. What do you think? I can go to Pasquale's and grab a lodge? Yeah, uh-huh. why not? No. We're having you... leftovers. Are you? Yeah. Of what? The chicken Alfredo, that the cauliflower Dude. Alfredo that you had. She needs to come over and make that for us. <laughs> just give her free reign in the kitchen with all the ingredients. <laughs> just let her make it again. She would love it, man, especially because you have a chicken aid, or a kitchen aid, not a chicken aid, a kitchen aid. Right. You, she would love that. Mm-hmm. Let's set it up. Don't come over. We uh, we so would we, need like nine pounds of ingredients. Right. So you want to talk about the uh, the weekend festivities that we had? Kind of bring it back. Yeah, you shoot. Happy. Yeah, what do we do? We hung out with our friends over at Crooked Be- Brews. Crooked Brewing. Crooked Lampos Brewing Company. Do you know we where we were? No. Did you drink that much? It was so much fun. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a full day. So we started at 10 o'clock, got there. And then we made a, do you remember what we made? No, you don't. Pink guava. I can never beer. pronounce that word. Guava? It, yeah, it always is. It's really it, not that hard. I know that. It just escapes me when I try to recall <laughs> I know what that, it is. Derek. God. Yeah, so pink guava wit beer, which is exciting. It's going to be a solid 4.4% easy crusher. It, easy crusher. This thing's going to battle high noon or whatever that is. Yeah. What is it? High noon, right? Sure. That bar stool drink? No, you know what I'm talking about. The raspberry wit, it's going to be up there with. What's what? Oh, yeah. Well, raspberry wheat. Sorry. Yeah. Raspberry wheat. It's going to be exciting. So we were over there. We brewed with them basically all day. And then we left. We picked up the housewives and went back. And it was just a vibe, man. I was feeling it that night. Not because I was hammered. Because I wasn't. I I really. It was crazy how long we were there, how much we drank, and how good I was. Because we spaced it out for so long. And it was just a good time. Yeah, we were smart. Ate a ton of food. We had pizza. That was like the, that was the last free for all for me. And I'm like, I am literally gonna roly poly myself home because it was it was so much. As soon as you left, the dog just destroyed three slices of pizza too. Seriously? Oh yeah, just which got one? A huge the the brown one. Yeah, the oh. the, the Weinerheimer just oh. destroyed all of it. That yeah, was a good time. So crooked. Thank you so much again for everything. I mean. Mike and Colleen, which is weird that you guys are also Mike and Colleen, but they were amazing hosts. Yeah. They Seriously, we've hung out with them a handful of times, and they already feel like family to us. Yeah. Like, it, it was it's such crazy. a cool connection that we made. So. I'm pumped to can that beer. Yeah. we got to schedule that date once it's it's ready. We know it's like in a week, but. Yeah. It's going to taste so good, too. Yeah. But speaking of beer, you want to get into this one? Yeah. So we took so long in the weekly recap section because we don't really have a ton to talk about with First Line. We well, we do actually. We have a ton to talk about, but we, we don't have discussed a cocktail. that. Yeah, well, we already discussed that too in the interview. So if you're listening today and it's Monday, go back to last Friday and check out the interview with First Line Brewing. They're two great dudes from Orchard Park. They started this brewery because um, they just wanted to. They were good home brewers, and they decided we might as well make a brick and mortar. They named it First Line because they have a lot of members in their family that uh, served or are police officers or are firefighters and all that stuff. So go back and check out that interview. They have some crazy beers that are not the status quo. Like this one is. It's a New England IPA, but we've also done a New England IPA for literally every single other beer that we've had. So it just felt right to do it for this. 
And this is one of their flagships too. So if you didn't watch that interview, go back and check it out. And if you haven't checked out that place, it's in Orchard Park right next to Beers uh, on your way to uh, Chestnut Ridge. So go check them out. They literally sell out of beer within a second. They yeah. are making such good product and they have such a limited quantity. You need to get there and try it out. And they're going to be doing a huge expansion. So we kind of talked about it a little bit during our interview, but they, when we were just there to interview Reed Ferguson, yeah, we interviewed a football player. But we uh, for the Buffalo Bills, just saying. So uh, when we were there to interview him, we saw all the lumber in their parking lot. So it's definitely happening. Their renovation and expansion is coming, and you have to go check them out before they get too big and you just aren't there from the beginning, you know? Right. Yeah, you got to be one of the OGs. One of the OGs. Like we are with Briar Brothers. Briar Brothers are doing a Kickstarter too right now. Yes. So donate yeah. if you have any extra loose change. We'll throw a link in the description. Go help our help our bros out over at Briar Brothers. They're trying to start their own brewery. That's right. That's right. All right. So you want to get into the beer review? Yes. Let's do it. Oh, goodness. All right. So first line brewing uh, off the juice IPA, 6.5% alcohol. And this was canned on February 16th. Yes. What are you thinking? Label branding. Uh, there's an American flag on it, so automatic A. Correct. The thing that makes me the most happy on the label is that they have the stars on the left side, which is nice, because uh, that's to regulation. They have their establishment date, uh, obviously 2020. They became a official brick-and-mortar business uh, throughout the pandemic. First Line Brewing, I love their name. I love their message. Uh, their logo makes me happy. Uh, it's very similar to We The People Holsters logo, which makes me smile inside because if you haven't checked out their holsters or their products, you should because they're fantastic. And they're local. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go um, I'm gonna go A+, plus just because they have – I mean, for me, they meet all the criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A+. Plus. I like that. This is their um, – what what do I say? It, it's there, like, we're going to put it in a can design. This isn't specific to the off-the-juice IPA. Correct, yeah. So, so they the, do it's, have... It's their default... Default, that's what I was trying yeah, to say. It's yeah, their, it's their default uh, canning wrapper. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's fine. I, I love the design. It's a great default one. And they write the name on it right on the label, too. So yep. uh, it is cool. A+, plus. you said? Yes. Okay, A+, plus. I like it. Nose. What are you getting on the nose? Fruit. Hoppy. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of mango, citrus, and and hops. Mm-hmm. Like citrus hops. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree. This was brewed 100% citrus hops. Oh, that's right. It was. Look at that. I was saying citrus hops because we use citrus hops in our Citra. New Guinea Fruit Crooked Lampos Brewing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it, guava? Yeah, pink guava. There you go. Do we use a ton of different hops in that, though? Yeah, there's like four different ones. So, yeah, I like that. So, grapefruit. What do you got? Grapefruit and then what? No, no, no. I, I get, well, grapefruit actually makes more sense. I was going to say like a mango citrus, which is essentially grapefruit. Um, So, grapefruit and then citrus hops and... I still get mango and I still get citrus. So, mm-hmm. boom. Uh, a plus on the nose for shout. Yeah. Initial taste. Initial taste. It's very velvety. It's crisp too, though. Yeah. Which makes me smile okay. So inside. initial taste is very crisp. Yes. Give, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you get the the Jesus. You get the carbonation really high up front. Mm-hmm. It's very like as soon as it hits your tongue, it's very carbonated, and then it goes down. Uh, like the first initial taste is carbonation and acid. I feel like like uh, like citrus citric acid, and from there it dissipates, and then the ending of the initial taste is that grapefruit yeah. or some sort of citrus. But it's super light inside your. It's not. It's not like a full body, yeah. hoppy beer, um, and it doesn't make you salivate. It's just very light, and it goes on quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So a plus. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So far, we're a plus, a plus, a plus. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So ending note: as soon as that grapefruit, or was it an A? A plus, A, A plus. No, A plus, A plus, A. Okay. Plus. So for ending note. As soon as that citric acid and grapefruit stops, yeah, it it's super quick. velvety. And you get yeah. like a, a, a malt at the end where it, you can taste the milled grain. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. And that I really enjoy. So to me, this really like, it's a very mild New England IPA. You don't get a ton of hops in here, which is surprising. Yeah, it's... Maybe that's citra hops. I don't. I don't really know the differences between the different hops. When I compare this to a commercial beer that I've drank before, it's a much lighter, smoother version of a ying a ying ling lager, where the lager is like super hoppy and it's more full bodied, but it's still smooth on the way down. Mm-hmm. This is like the the thinner the tail end of yeah, yeah, but it's like the thinner, not as fat cousin. Of yingling, yeah. where when you drink it, it's like, okay, this is super good. Because when you finish a yingling, you're like, I need another. Mm-hmm. And this is very similar for me with that. But to level set, you're talking about the very end of it. Like, yes. It's not the, so we understand that this is not a lager. This is an ale. Correct. But the the ending of it, it has that same feel Mike's yes, talking about. Exactly. It's a yingling. It doesn't taste like a yingling. So just hold your comments, people. But the initial taste, like the beginning part of this beer tastes like a New England IPA, but that is over quick. And then it With, goes down. Within like a second. Yeah, it goes down like a creamy yingling. As yeah. weird as that sounds, that's what it is. Yeah. I like it. All right, so ending note, A. A? a? Okay. So yeah. A plus, A plus, A plus, A. A, yeah. All right, final rating. We went through this one quick. Yeah. Well, give me that countdown. Oh, goodness, dude. Three, two, one. 89. 94. What is it? Come on, man. Come on, man. Do it. Do it. 92.5? Close. 92. Nope. 91.5. There you go. 91.5. Math. <laughs> right. You said 89 and I said 94? Yeah. Yeah. 91.5. This is good. It is good. I'm not a beer guy and this yeah. is good. I like it because I'm not a big hops guy. I don't really care for the IPAs or the double IPAs. That's just not my style. And New England IPAs and the way that First Line brewed this, it gives you it so you know that you're drinking an IPA off the bat. And then it quickly dissipates and it goes down so like thick and full bodied and smooth and amazing. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. Guys, nice job. Shane and Mike, shout out because this is really good. All right, uh, you want to get into the prominent people of Buffalo section? Absolutely.
All right, so if everybody has been following us from the beginning, this is the Prominent People of Buffalo section where we highlight somebody who was pivotal in the Buffalo area in creating Buffalo who it is. And none other than the gentleman who we're going to talk about today literally has an establishment in Buffalo named after him that, I mean, he was pivotal for all of Buffalo, dating all the way back to friggin' President McKinley. And now the world, because people are coming here specifically for his establishment. So we'll dive into it. So episode 11 is about Roswell Park. Uh, Roswell Park was a American physician best known for starting Gratwick Research Laboratory in 1898, which is now known as Roswell Park Cancer Institute. He was born in May 1852, and he passed in February 1914. In 1900, the Gratwick family of Buffalo helped to finance Park's laboratory with a $25,000 donation in memory of William Henry Gratwick, who was a patient of Park's. Park was also a professor of surgery at UB, med school and was a surgeon at Buffalo General. When he was 31, he went to Buffalo in 1883. Leading up to that, he received his bachelor's in 1872 and his master's in 1875 from Racine College in Racine, Wisconsin. Probably not pronouncing that correctly, but whatever. Wisconsin? Yeah. He then went on to finish his doctorate of medicine studies at Northwestern University School of Medicine in 1876. He received an honorary master's, um, from Harvard in 1895 and an honorary LLD from Yale. Over the years, he served on many boards, both national and international. By 1914, the total number of textbooks, articles, and monographs that he wrote reached 167. He w- uh, So Buffalo was the host of the Pan American Exposition in 1901. That obviously is the same year that William McKinley, who was president, was not even a year into a second term. He was staying in a summer home in Canton, Ohio, When he left his summer home for the exposition fairgrounds, McKinley gave a speech at the Temple of Music on the exposition grounds when Leon Strotsky or something like that, right? Slot, slot, hold on, Zalgaz came from from the crowd and shot McKinley twice at point-blank range. McKinley was taken to a hospital on the fairgrounds. Who's Leon Strotsky? Why did I say that? I have no clue. (laughs) It took 40 minutes for the first surgeon to show up. Yeah, what a loser. Herman Minter, who was the general surgeon from Buffalo, was the first to diagnose the president. Not long after Mintner's examination was finished, Matthew Derbyshire Mann arrived. After the two talked, it was agreed upon to perform the abdominal exploration. President McKinley agreed to that exploration, and work was done by Mann to try to find the bullet and treat the wounds. Efforts were made to contact Park, but he was in the middle of a neck dissection at Niagara Falls Memorial Hospital, which still stands to this day. Um, As Park described years later by Park's son, the messenger ran into the operation room and told Park that he was needed immediately. Park is claimed to have replied, don't you see, I can't leave. I am in the middle of a case, even if it was for the President of the United States. Uh, The messenger replied, doctor... It is for the president of the United States, and Park proceeded to finish the operation anyways. Yeah, he's like, screw that. Right. So despite the importance of the situation, Park was only able to get to the exposition hospital via a train. Uh, The train engine and coal car were sent to Niagara Falls to pick him up and return to Buffalo. It held the record time between the two points at that time. The train was driven by Charles Mayers and was the only train allowed into the Pan Am. He was known after that as Pan American Charlie and died in 1934. Uh, once Park arrived, Mann was about to 
close up McKinley and asked Park if there should be any placement of drains. Park told Mann that he was the best man to make that decision given the scenario. Mann decided not to drain the abdomen since there was no excess blood or fluid around to be drained. Park arranged for some nurses from the exposition to look over McKinley at the Milburn home until the nurses from the Army could arrive. Despite some promising results, McKinley died in that home um, in Milburn, or in the Milburn home. So info on Roswell Park, just because that was essentially the end of the research on Roswell Park. Yeah. Um, it is a cancer research and treatment center in a New York State Public Benefit Corporation located in downtown Buffalo, New York. It was founded by Roswell Park. So he didn't have any cancer, like, accolades to him, right? Like, he wasn't a cancer researcher before he helped. No, he was just a giant surgeon. So he was he was dedicated to the Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Like, his naming was there because of his involvement in medical research in the Buffalo area, not specific to cancer, right? So this is, uh, let me, let me finish. Cause it might answer that question. Um, Candace S. Johnson is president and chief executive officer of Roswell park comprehension cancer research in 2019 Roswell park ranked number 14 on the U S news and world reports list of the best cancer hospitals in the country and increased from position 30 in 2018 Roswell park was the first dedicated medical facility for cancer treatment and research in the U S and it's the only upstate New York facility to hold the national cancer Institute designation of comprehensive cancer center. Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, which conducts clinical research on cancer as well as developing new drugs, provides advanced treatment for all forms of adult and pediatric cancer and serves as a member of the National Comprehensive Cancer Network. The Roswell Park campus, spread out in 15 separate buildings of approximately 2 million square feet, occupies 28 acres on the 100-acre BNMC, which is the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus which is located in downtown Buffalo. It includes 1.5 million square feet of space equally distributed between clinical programs and research education functions. A separate hospital building completed in 98 houses a diagnostic and treatment center. The campus also includes a medical research complex as well as research and education-focused space. So it does not answer your question. I have no clue the answer to your question, so I will try to find it on the interwebs. So the way that we or the reason that we talk about Roswell Park the way that we do is in a joking matter because he decided not to treat the president of the United States. We know the man is amazing and he's done a lot of medical like miracles. And it's actually and it's actually a testament to him for actually focusing <laughs> yeah. on the task at hand yeah. and then not just ditching it for the president of the United States. But the ironic part about that and we talked about this at length during the history of Buffalo section, right? Yeah. Where we talked about the Pan American Exposition. But during the Pan American Exposition, he was performing a neck operation on some chicken Syracuse, did you say? No, it was Buffalo Rochester. Rochester? It was Niagara Falls Memorial. Oh, okay. So, 2 weeks later though, he had the same exact operation on somebody that McKinley died from. So if you're hypothesizing, that's my word of the day, I guess. But if you if you think that McKinley could have, or Roswell Park could have saved McKinley's life, you're right because he had the same exact surgery two weeks later and he saved that woman's life. So again, it's all in joking fun. Like obviously the man is, is amazing, but it's just fun to say that he didn't help out the president when he needed him the most. Right. But yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting caveat to his yeah. Impressive story. Where was he born? Um, 
believe in Buffalo. Okay. So he was born in Buffalo. He went to Wisconsin. Then he went to Northeastern University, and then he came back. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, that's exciting. Roswell Park, ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. <laughs> no. Nailed so it. nailed it. May 4th, 1852, um, Prom Frit, Connecticut. He came to Buffalo uh, when I stated earlier. After college and school and everything. Yeah. And then essentially morphed Buffalo into yeah. what it is, basically. He helped. Have you been to Roswell Park? Yeah, we do a lot of work there. I didn't know for the longest time that Park was his actual last name. Really? I thought it was just like a – like you see Commerce Park and all that stuff. Like I thought it was just a ecosystem of buildings. Yeah. I didn't know that it was the dude's actual last name. Do you remember when it was first built? No. So when those plans came down, <clears throat> we were all kind of confused. Like what is this? And, of course, they show those drawings of like this building's going to look all futuristic. Yeah. Okay, pal. And then they build it, and you're like, this is one of the most stunning things I've ever seen in my life. Like, where did all this come from? Um, It's just insane to see that landscape change in that specific spot. Like, where the medical campus is, it was straight up, like, the ghetto. Yeah. There was nothing there. Um, And then people were like, we have to... We have to not only just do something, but we have to help the community because if that's there in the ghetto, we can actually help the ghetto. Um, Because it's like right on the east side in the Fruit Belt, which is historically horrendous with crime. So, What are the fruits? Peach, grape, and what? uh, Peach, grape, and uh, there's a couple, but those are the ones, those are the biggest ones that I know is peach and grape because I was always on those roads. Why were you on those roads? Because... When I was in the Army, that's where we reported was right on Maston, which is on Best Maston, and it's right in the Fruit Belt. Oh, really? Yeah, right at Maston Park. Really? That's where you reported? Mm-hmm. Good for you. Sure. That's why there's bullet holes literally Peach, all grape, over the place. probably orange. That sounds like a good fruit, too. <laughs> and then maybe grapefruit. <laughs> so you're actually not wrong. Really? So there's... Okay, so it goes Michigan, cherry, maple, mulberry, locust, lemon, orange, peach, grape, rose. So lemon, orange, peach, and grape. Yeah. I thought there was a ch- there, there has to be a cherry street around Buffalo, too. I'll check, dude. I don't know. I'm sure there is. We'll see. You might be totally wrong. Could be. Cherry Street, Buffalo, New York. Let's see. Yeah, it's on the other side of the 33. Nailed it. By the, or, yeah. The Kensington Expressway, which if you don't know about the 33 and you saw the most recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was in that movie. But that's neither here nor there. It's definitely not there. So it's here? Yeah. Perfect. near, right? Near nor there? Isn't that what the phrase is? I just say here nor there. I say here nor there. Am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. you're right. Here nor there. Look at that. I'm right for once. Here nor there. do it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. This has been episode 76. Oh, goodness. I don't have my sheets anymore. Yeah. What? Um, We're trying to go uh, environmental. Eco-friendly. So what? Uh, how long has it been? 58 minutes. Well, see you later. All right, guys. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate all and any support. Make sure you leave a review if you have not already. Uh, and then we will be seeing you next week for another fantabulous episode. I don't, no clue why I just said that. And then be on the lookout for more interviews because we have 
obviously like six still to release. Yeah. So again, if you haven't checked out First Line Brewing's interview that released last Friday, this coming Friday is the man, the myth, the legend, Vic Carucci. What a man. Vic! Good old Vic! It was a sick interview. It was our second Zoom interview. So it went yeah. better like from a graphical standpoint because we figured out how to actually use the streaming software. But We learned a thing or two because we saw a thing or two. Correct. Hashtag not a sponsor. What's that? We learned a thing or two because we saw a thing or two? What is that? Well, it's a spinoff off of the insurance company. And their commercials. We are farmers. I wasn't going to do all that so we don't get sued. (laughs) All right, guys. See you later. Thank you for everything. We appreciate you. Please remember to drink responsibly. Be a good person. And don't litter. We're out. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.